pleasure to be with you tonight and pleasure to be your brother in Christ. Let's stand and sing I Surrender All. It's going to be hymn number 378. Sorry about that. Father, we do pray tonight that that hymn would indeed be our humble prayer. Help us, Lord, to understand the meaning of surrender. That's very much a term that can be very distasteful in our culture. 
We don't want to give up the things that we feel like are ours, that we've earned, the things that in our mind may be fair and just, that are our natural-born right. And Lord, we get sucked into thinking in a very worldly way before we know it. When we came to Jesus, the conditions were deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Their terms of surrender. Why would we hold on to ourselves, Father? Why would we try to keep what is old and not embrace the new? Why do we want the old man in our life and not the new? Why would we not shed the old clothing, put on the new, etc.? As your scriptures say, and all, all, ultimately, it's uh, because we uh, are thinking foolishly. Help us to think thoughts that are from above. Help us, our minds, to be where Christ is. Help us to serve you. And Lord, help us to be fully surrendered to you, no matter what. Um, there, there is no greater calling than to serve you. We thank you for tonight. We thank you very much for the body that is gathered here. We thank you for those online with us. We don't take that for granted. Thank you for their presence. We thank you also for the kids and the teens that are in different parts of the building here with faithful teachers that are, are yearning and looking to, to teach and to prayerfully to lead souls to you. May you um, answer that prayer. May you bless their efforts. May some of these young men and women grow into be mighty men and women for you, Father, faithful Christians as they learn about these truths that are, are eternal from you. Thank you so much for Wednesday nights, and it's a, it's a joy to do this, a joy to serve in that way, a joy to pray for those ministries. Thank you for our church and the faithfulness of the saints through the years, and uh, we thank you so much for an opportunity to worship again tonight. You are good. You've taken care of us always, even at the beginning of this year so far. Lord, we've seen your hand at work. Thank you so much for the guests that come Sunday after Sunday, Lord, and thank you that a number of them have turned into regulars with us and some even becoming members, and we've seen baptisms, and we just praise you for that, Lord. Thank you, and uh, help us to be faithful to do what your will is, to be surrendered in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's be seated. Thank you. I will be covering the service tonight, but before I do, I think we've got two guys lined up to continue to lead us in prayer. Lord, you are awesome, almighty creator. You are awesome beyond words, and uh, we are just uh, amazed by your creation, the beauty of it, the intricacy of it. Even in a sin-cursed world, it, it is beautiful. We so much look forward to the day when we will see uh, the new creation, your heavenly creation. All things will be made new and uh, be wonderful beyond uh, uh, what we can even imagine. So thank you for the blessed hope that we have in you, and and as the song said, we certainly do surrender to you in this life and for all eternity. Uh, we, we thank you so much for hearing our prayers. Uh, you are above us uh, more, than we can, more than words can say, but yet you hear us. And we thank you so much for, for doing that and not only hearing, but, but truly caring about uh, what we have to say and, and meeting our needs on a daily basis. We know that our breath and heartbeat come from you. We wouldn't even be here without you. We do thank you for your daily provision for us. Uh, we're rich beyond measure here in America, and uh, 
Just thank you for the many blessings we have, and we pray that we would use our excess for your glory as we support missionaries and, and those across the world who are spreading your word. We do thank you for your sanctifying work in our lives. Just make us more like you every day. And we do thank you uh, certainly for our uh, present gift of salvation that we have through you. And we look forward to the, the consummation of, of that gift. Uh, we do pray that you would continue your work uh, in our divided nation. Uh, we pray that the leaders would turn to you and they would recognize that you are uh, the true head of this entire universe and, and our country and that they would uh, turn to you for their uh, wisdom and that their decisions would be based um, solely uh, in accordance with your will. We do look forward to seeing your will being accomplished throughout the world. We know there's a lot of uh, terrible things happening, at least from our perspective, in uh, Peru and Ukraine and other places across the world, but we know that you're sovereignly in control, and we uh, take great comfort in that fact, and we look forward to seeing what you're going to do uh, here in the coming years and uh, uh, the end times and for all eternity. Uh, we pray that you'd also be with missionaries who are proclaiming your word across the world, even now, and uh, just, just give them safety, give them comfort, give them uh, the words that you'd want them to say, uh, as they are often serving in difficult uh, situations, locations, uh, just uh, use them for your glory. We think likewise of pastors who are serving in, in churches across the world, just, uh, just strengthen them, as we know they're often literally under the gun where they are, where they are preaching, and just, uh, just give them strength to continue serving you. And we do likewise think of the persecuted church, those uh, who are uh, persecuted in ways that we can't understand on a daily basis, fearing for, for their very, very lives in some cases. Uh, just keep them strong for you and uh, pray that they would use their lives uh, to serve you and to be a reflection of who you are. Uh, we do think of our church, that we would be a shining light in this community and that our light would shed or shine even beyond this community to the, to the world beyond. Uh, just uh, show us what our role is uh, in this church and your body and uh, just use us for your, your glory in everything we say and do and with every breath that we have. We do pray for the teens and the, the kids club uh, going on even now. Just be with each who is involved. We thank you for the leaders. Just give them uh, the words that you'd want them to say. And give them wisdom to know how to best reach the kids and uh, we pray that the hearts of the, the teens and younger ones would be open to uh, your truth. And uh, we pray especially that some would be saved tonight that walked in this, uh, this evening not being saved. We do thank you so much for our pastors. Thank you for the men that you've given us and, uh, and the wife supporting them. Just uh, thank you for the, for the unity that they show and the way that they serve among us. And uh, just continue to bind them together and show them uh, how you'd want uh, to use them among us. And we pray that we would be as supportive uh, as possible as a congregation. And we'd be with Mike tonight as he brings forth the study to us. Uh, we thank you for his willingness to do that and his uh, time in studying it. And uh, we pray that our uh, hearts would be open to the truth he's about to present and that we would apply it in this upcoming week. Thank you for who you are in your great name. Amen.
Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that we could come together here this evening. Thank you for this time of prayer, for this time of Bible study. You have so blessed us as a church and help us to never forget what you have done for us. You sent your son to be born to die for us, dear Heavenly Father. We just thank you for that. Guide us this evening, be with the various classes going on, be with the underground and guide the leaders there and we just know that some of the teens do not know you and help them to come to know you as their personal savior and help them to maybe make that decision this evening, dear Heavenly Father. Be with the kids for truth also, be with the leaders, we just thank you for the leaders of those and for their willingness to serve in that regard, dear Heavenly Father. Be with Mike tonight as he opens the word to us. Help us to grasp what you're conveying through him to us, dear Heavenly Father. Give him the words to speak. Help us to fully understand what you're conveying to us this evening, dear Heavenly Father. We just thank you that you have blessed us as a church over the years with our pastors. We know a lot of churches turn over pastors fairly rapidly and we just thank you for the longevity that we have. Thank you for Don and Lynn and for their serving the many years that they have. We also thank you for Mike and Eddie also and for their wives and for their willingness to study and to teach also, dear Heavenly Father, in the various capacities that they have. We just thank you for those in the church here that give their time freely to serve you, be with the Sunday school teachers. We know that they take time out of their busy schedules every week to study and to prepare their lessons and we just thank you for their willingness to do that, dear Heavenly Father. Thank you for the elected officials we have here in our church also. Help them to serve at the capacity that you would have them to serve, dear Heavenly Father. Be with our nation. Help us to pray for our leaders. We're so divided as a nation. Help us to Look to you, wait upon you for your guidance in our nation's leaders, dear Heavenly Father. Help us to have that revival in our nation that we need. Help us to come back to the what our nation was founded on. Our nation was founded on Christian principles and we have strayed so far from that, dear Heavenly Father. Just ask you to be with our nation in that regard. We take everything, a lot of things for granted here in our nation. We know there's times of unrest going on in various countries and when you visit other countries, you appreciate what you have given us here in America, dear Heavenly Father. You have so blessed us. Help us to use wisely what you've given to us to use, dear Heavenly Father. We just thank you that we can be that light shining forth for you. We wait upon you 
to come again, dear Heavenly Father. We look forward to the day when you will come and take us home to be with you. Take us out of this world, dear Heavenly Father. Help us to honor you in everything we say and do. and Guide us this evening. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, men. Let's take our Bible and go to Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4 will be there just, just brief tonight. I'd um, like to focus our attention on the subject that I, I addressed with our teens in Sunday school a few weeks ago, one that God's laid on my heart for actually a number of months before then, just looking for the right moment to, to talk to the teens and actually a few of the preteens as well about baptism and membership. I'm going to talk about baptism and membership tonight. And uh, the lesson I have is a bit of a, a revamped lesson to share with a, our audience tonight versus teens. So I had to cross out things like, I won't make you do duck, duck, goose, and that kind of thing. So, unless Steve really wants to, I don't know. <laughs> so um, Genesis 4, and, and before we start with that, I, I was once again thinking about my own um, baptism and membership which for me happened in, in 1992. I was 16 years old at that time, and uh, I was one of the. I was a group, one of the group of four of us, and one of the last ones that Doc Hauser baptized. And I remember being somewhere about here, the auditorium, with that group. One of the first ones actually to be baptized in this auditorium back when it was the new auditorium in 1992. And I remember Doc meeting with us, and I remember it was somewhere about the middle here, and. He was talking about what was going to happen, and then he just said about, well, it's just going to touch you back. And before I knew it, he had his hand over my mouth, and I was going backwards. I thought, that guy's still strong. <laughs> he brought me back up. There's no water, and I was still there. Phew. Um, but bef before that happened, you know, I was challenged. That was back in the days when uh, uh, Brian Hauser was youth pastor as well. And I think we were playing trumpets for, with the congregation that Sunday morning, and we were talking about baptism. And... All of a sudden, Doc is walking up the side there, and, and Brian stops him and says, hey, Mike's got something he wants to tell you. I'm like, I do? <laughs> yeah, he wants to be baptized. So I'm like, okay, yeah, Doc, I think I want to be baptized. And Doc's like, yeah, you do. <laughs> uh, but he wisely waited because that was more of, you know, my youth pastor giving me a kick to get thinking about it. And several weeks later, I went to Doc on the way out the door, Doc realizing in his wisdom that God was moving me and not man, and uh, the time would happen that it needed to happen. But I, I'm sharing that a little bit because the, I remember the, the morning that I got baptized, um, after it happened, I could not believe the joy in my soul. I could not believe how that flooded into me as a 16-year-old, and I just, and I thought about it for a long time afterwards, like it's in a way, it wasn't a big deal. I just finally did what I was supposed to do, and I got up and got baptized. But I began to, to understand that there is joy in obedience, isn't there? When we simply obey God, it's amazing how he brings joy. And I remember being a bit convicted at that time, like, why didn't I do this earlier? I, I've been saved since I was eight years old. Why didn't I come to that conclusion? 
and it was just stunning once again, the reminder of there's joy in obedience. Something Cain should have known in chapter 4, 1 through 7, uh, passes a scripture that we know well, and again, I'm just using this to springboard into the rest of the lesson tonight. Um, now the man, <coughs> talking about Adam, had relations with his wife Eve, and she conceived and gave birth to Cain, and she said, I have gotten a man-child with the help of the Lord. Again, she gave birth to his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of flocks, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. So it came about in the course of time that Cain brought an offering to the Lord of the fruit of the ground. Abel, on his part, also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his, for his offering, but for Cain and his offering he had no regard. So Cain became very angry, and his countenance fell. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. It's desires for you, but you must master it. Even as I, I read that, I'm thinking about, you know, what happened to those boys when they grew up? Is, I was talking to a mother last night, and for you who are parents, isn't it amazing how if you have multiple children, they can be so different? <laughs> they come from the same mom and dad, but they can be so different. Like, how did this happen? Just naively, you think, well, the next child, I think we got this. We understand, wow, they are really, really different. And we have three children we love very much, but they are very, very different, right? Um, something happened with Cain and Abel in their growing up years where they came a point when they became men that Abel became a God follower and, and Cain did not. And really what this boils down to here is God tells Cain, what's, what's wrong here? Why are you angry? Why is your countenance fallen? Well, guess what? Cain wanted to do obedience on his terms and not God's, ultimately. He gave an offering, but it was on what he wanted to do and on his terms and not on God's. And really, you know, um, that's to a degree what I challenged the teenagers as we were looking at this subject uh, a few weeks ago. Obedience and doing it on God's terms or our terms. When we do it on our terms, it's really not obedience at all. It's not surrender as we sang tonight. So um, with that said, what I want to do is I had in this format for the teens, I use the same thing with you, a, a quick true and false quiz, 10 questions, I'll go through them quickly, and talk about uh, baptism, church membership, what we know, and hopefully uh, verses that can equip you, maybe you can jot some down, that if somebody asks you, well, why did you get baptized? Why should I be baptized? Why is church membership important? Why should I do it? Maybe some of these references will help you as I pray that they help the teens. So question number one, true or false, the Bible talks about both spiritual and physical baptism. And keep in mind, guys, this was toward the teens. This is not like, there's no, there is one trick question in here, but I'll let you know which one it is. That one is not. The answer is true. Yeah, it does. It does, exactly. So in, in Matthew chapter 3, verse 5, 6, and 11, it says, um, talking about John the Baptist, then Jerusalem, all Judea, and all the region around the Jordan went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. Let me skip down to verse 11. He says, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. 
He, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So um, very much talking about the fact that there is physical baptism. As you look at the context, it's by the River Jordan. They're confessing their sins. But when you're talking about Jesus, he's going to be one that has the ability to baptize with, with the Holy Spirit and fire. And uh, when we, again, when we talk about baptism, let's keep in mind in the scriptures, when we're talking about the church, by and large, the most time the word church is used is in the local church context, but it sometimes is used in the universal church context, universal church. Again, you probably know this, but it's all uh, believers in the church age at all time. So the ones living now in Asia that we will never see, the ones that lived a thousand years ago in the church age, that's all believers, all time in the church age. And uh, as far as the local church, that's right here where we are right now um, in space and time collecting together. And again, I trust you know that, but if not, that's what we're talking about here. And the spiritual baptism that takes place is one that happens at our salvation. The physical baptism is something that's meant to take place after we are saved. Number two, I need to be baptized if I'm going to be saved, true or false. I'm so glad that's an automatic response. I think we know that there's a number of churches that hang on to that very thing, that baptism is part of our salvation, and that right off the bat, they try to do it with very, even very little ones. Let's make this happen so that they are on their way to salvation because this is a prerequisite. Well, Acts 16.31, a wonderful verse, simple verse, one of these that I got to learn as a kid growing up. Um, so they said, talking about Paul and being released or getting out of prison from the earthquake, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Belief, salvation, no works. No physical works, no attempt at spiritual works to be saved, just belief and salvation. And sometimes, you know, it's as easy as, uh, what do I know about salvation? If somebody asks me, give me a verse on salvation, probably everyone in here knows John 3.16. Why would I be ashamed to share that verse? In the back of my head for a number of years, I'm like, I need to know more than that. And no, you know, and what, what, if I'm new in my faith or that's the one that God brings to mind right away, why wouldn't I talk about John 3.16 and salvation? It's a marvelous verse that God has used to lead many to the Lord through the years. It's just salvation. You know, the famous saying of by faith alone, through grace alone, and Christ alone. That's, that's salvation. Uh, true or false? The word baptize can mean sprinkle or poured or dipped. All of the above, one of them. Well, it's, it's false. It actually zeroes in on, it can mean dipped, dunked. That's what we're looking at. But it's one of those words that for whatever reason, translators decided not to translate to words that would be understood better. They kept the word baptizo, baptize, and unfortunately people through the years have taken that to give it its own meaning. But the word means dipped or dunked. And you know, just a real simple example in Mark 1.9, um, it says that, uh, talking about again John the Baptist, it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John where? In the Jordan. In a river. 
right, where there's a lot of water. It had, John the Baptist didn't take some of the Jordan and go around to places and sprinkle people or whatever or just pour some things in. Actually, he was doing it at, at a river. So it kind of logically makes sense that people were being dunked, dipped into the river. Um, years ago, um, <coughs> my family went to a Methodist church. And as soon as I say this, I think, uh, Mom, I should have probably prepped you on this story. Sorry I didn't. I'm telling the story about the family. <laughs> but uh, we were at a Methodist church that I remember the, the, the pastor of that church walking down the aisle. And uh, he had a little thing of water. And he was sprinkling people as they went by and I knew something wasn't right because Doc didn't do that you know what what's up with that you know so he got to me and I was determined he's not going to do that to me so he went to me and I ducked under the pew real quick <laughs> he missed well he got me in the back anyway <laughs> but anyway, yes, what, what's going on with this something's not right and thankfully you know the, the biblical example that we have seen through the years of baptism is right up there people get dunked they get dipped because it is the picture of transformation that has taken place in Christ. We live with him, buried with him, risen again with him. The complete package. Not, you got some of him on you, and that's good, but that's going to work off the rest of it. No, no. Baptism, the way that scripture has laid it out, is the picture exactly of Jesus and what he did to accomplish our spiritual baptism, our victory. <clears throat> so the word is immersion. How about uh, this question? Church membership is addressed in the Bible, true or false? That's true. And you can say confidently it's true. And there's a couple places in Scripture, maybe one that can come right to your mind right away when you think church membership. Think 1 Corinthians chapter 12. That whole chapter right there is, is strong ties to our belief in church membership. Um, 12 through 14 in that chapter says, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we are baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and all have been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact the body is not one member, but many. I think... You could, uh, we can sympathize together when we think about membership today. We take that word and we think of clubs, we think of organizations, we think of things that we can freely get in and freely get out, or it's a minimal cost to get in or get out, or sometimes it can be an expensive cost to become a member, but we can usually get out of that. And that's not at all when the Bible talks about member, it's talking more about like body parts, like it talks about in that chapter 12. We're talking about we're, we're tied together like, like ligaments, you know. Um, we are, are connected together. And again, you know, you know the passage, um, you know, the hand can't say to the foot and the foot can't say to the eye, etc. I don't need you, I don't need you, I don't need you. We need one another as the body. So church membership very much is, is talked about in Scripture. It really doesn't, the Bible is, and I say this carefully, the Bible is naive to believers that do not want to be connected to the local church. It really doesn't talk about that at all because it, that's not what's meant to be. We're supposed to be connected together as a local body to accomplish God's will. Number five, 
and we, we talked about this already, the baptism of infants or toddlers ensures that their salvation, true or false. False, yep. And you'd be glad to know that as I went through this with the teens, by and large, they understood these things, which was wonderful. I uh, referred to Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 for that. And I also, um, I also recognized with us the scripture says that those being baptized, they, they had a knowledge why. A toddler or an infant is not going to know why they are being baptized, but as you look through the examples in Scripture, when men and women got baptized, they, they understood why they were doing it and what was taking place. Uh, number six, if I am a, a member of the universal church, I am a member of the local church. True or false? Well, I'm saying false here because, it, because it's true that when we become saved, spiritually baptized, but it doesn't automatically place us into the local church, that is a step of obedience that needs to take place. So if I got saved, I live in Pennsylvania, I got saved in Canada, what church am I a part of? God's got to move me to be a part of the local church somewhere. And in scripture, naturally, we see this taking place. Uh, we see the church of Jerusalem. If they lived in Jerusalem, they got saved in Jerusalem, they went to the church of Jerusalem. These, these books of the Bible that we go through, uh, Colossians, Philippians, Ephesians, they were members of their community. Their local church was in those towns, and God spoke through Paul and others about uh, how to live for him in those times. But it was, it was a decision that needed to be made, and again, the example was it was a decision that happened by obedient believers when they came to know Christ. Hmm? Parents asking if we're members of both the universal and local. Um, how long have you been a member here at our church? And I, I'm just, uh, for numbers sake. Five years. You made a decision to be a member here, right? Yeah, nobody pushed you into it. It was a great day when you became a member here. I remember. I was excited about that, glad about that. Um, if you were not a member here, would you still be going to heaven during the rapture? Yeah, yeah, because you were spiritually baptized. You were redeemed. God saved your soul. So even if you were not a member of our church, you were saved anyway. But in... As God led you in obedience, you decided to become a member of this local church so that you could grow with us. And your, your status of heaven and the rapture does not depend on that. So, does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I got asked, and, I, and maybe I'll jump to this now here. I got asked at the end of the class, and let me ask you this. And, and again, we'll, we'll keep it brief. I'm watching the clock here. Um, why is church, why is local church membership important? This is a good question. What do you think? Why is local church membership important? What's that? Debbie says to be with like believers. Amen. Yep. One great reason. In Hebrews, they don't forsake the assembling of the believers together. They assemble together as a local body of believers, a local church. Yep.
I can't be complete in my growth without you and without all my brothers and sisters here. God ordained it that way. He meant it that way. And when I isolate myself, that's exactly where the devil wants me to be so that the, that prowling lion can devour me. Lions seek to isolate and devour, and the devil is an example of that. Yeah. That's good. Anything else? Um. I think what the answer I gave there in part as well when I pertain to obedience is because I do see in Scripture the example being that that's what the church did. You know, they, they gathered together as a local church, and it was important because that's exemplified, and that's who Paul, again, largely is talking to, and uh, James as well and the others in the New Testament with the epistles. They're talking to the local church. This is how I want you to behave yourself. This is how I want you to act and execute what uh, I've taught you to do. And we find through that Galatians had unique challenges compared to Ephesians, compared to Philippians, etc. But God desires to work through the local church and my obedience needs to connect me to the local church. Um, true or false? Uh, our church believes that baptism and membership go together. True. Yes. Well, okay. Good point. That's a good point. We vote twice, but uh, when in the process, it's meant to go hand in hand. Is my question? Yeah. That's yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, I'm I'm making it together that the two happen together is where I'm coming from. But that's a good point. That's a good point. Thanks, Dave. Um, yeah, we believe that. And again, from the example of Scripture, we believe that uh, they're meant to go together. Um, and I know that can be a point of contention with other churches. What, why can't we just be baptized without membership? Why do they go hand in hand? It's been a lot of good discussion with that through, with good men that I've had through the years here at church alone. Um, but uh, probably another sermon for another time on exactly why we believe that. But one, again, looking at scripture, you know that our church tries hard to follow the example of the original church and in books like Acts and others. We believe God, that's our blueprint for what we need to follow. All right, a few more. A person who, uh, true or false, a person who wants to be baptized and join our church needs to speak with a pastor, be interviewed by the deacons, give a testimony to the church, and recite all of Ezekiel. <laughs> all the teens got that one right. <laughs> um, if you're here and you haven't been baptized and join our church, it's a brand new process. If you're listening online and you're thinking, that is so scary, boy, I'll tell you what, a few things. One, every step of the way, everybody that's involved does their very best to put people at ease. Ultimately, Greg said it a number of times, well, um, we just want to get to the bottom of knowing if you're saved or not. That's really what it's all about. You know, salvation is the prerequisite before this. Uh, and that's really when we want to get to the bottom of that. And once that's known, that, that helps so much. And I, I've been the recipient of kind men on the way when I was baptized, joined the church in 16, and I've seen it with, with other people as well, um, that uh, we can help you along the way. But ultimately, scary or not scary, it's an act of faith. God calls us to do this as an act of faith no matter how we feel. 
um, obedience, our obedience isn't based on our feelings. It's based on the knowledge of doing what's right. Uh, number nine, church membership takes commitment, true or false? Church membership takes commitment. To be a church member, you need to be a committed person. True, yes, yes. We are looking for commitment to the Lord, not to the pastors, not to the deacons or trustees, but um, it takes commitment. But it's, of course, anything that God calls us to do is worth any sacrifice. And then the, the last one, and, uh, Ephesians 4, 15 and 16, let me just read that real quick. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is at the head, Christ from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, again, which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. It's a commitment, but Jesus has told us before, my burden is not a heavy one. It is an easy one. I'm not going to give you a heavy burden, and I am in you and with you all the way as you surrender and you commit yourself to, to me and to my church. Uh, last question. God wants me to be baptized and join a church. When I gave this lesson to the teens, I said that's what you need to work through. True or false, in your mind, after the evidence we've seen in Scripture, that's what we need to work through. Will you become a member? Will you be baptized? And uh, that's something that's uh, ultimately, personally, they need to answer in light of Scripture. So I just I want to encourage you in this. Um, and uh, I had an excellent, as I conclude, I had an excellent conversation back when Daniel Boyd was here about um, baptism in particular. And may, you may recall that in the Netherlands that if you come out of a certain belief system and decide that you need to be baptized, you can be permanently separated from your family. They are not happy if you decide to be fully baptized when they have had a different method of baptism. And I can't recall if in particular over there it was the infant, toddler, sprinkle, poor kind of baptism or not. I think that was the case. But he said there's a number of families he's had to encourage and counsel. Members have come out and been baptized. But so I, he emailed me and uh, just read just the, the, a little couple sentence he, he said. Um, he said, I often add that this may very well be the reason many un unbaptized Christians struggle to share their faith. The reason is, is that they have not been willing yet to take the first public step of obedience and testimony. So he's tying in the, the realization that people struggle with their evangelism because they struggle with whether they should get baptized or not, and they decide not to do that. A conscience that is telling you to obey God in baptism makes it difficult to share the hope that you have in Christ with gentleness and respect when baptism has not occurred. And again, my own testimony going back to when I was 16, when I got baptized, I automatically just I started caring a lot more about sharing my faith with my friends. That was in 10th grade, and 10th grade was kind of an important year for me. In high school, I found like I, I care, and I don't feel hindered by it, and it took years later to realize why. It's because I took that original step of faith to be baptized and show the church that God was doing a, a work in me and that I truly I was a Christian, a first act of evangelism in a lot of ways. So that has been my challenge to the teens there several weeks ago as well. If you find yourself not sharing your faith, is it because maybe you're hung up with the first 
act of witness up here that God wants us to do. So, so um, pray. would you please pray for those that did hear that lesson? And then if you hear yourself tonight and realize, I know I need to do this, but I've been kept back from doing it, kept back from baptism, kept back from membership, I believe what's I'm hearing from Scripture tonight. Pray about that, and don't be afraid to talk to, to one of us. doesn't matter who it is, but one that's a member of the church that you respect about next steps. And believe me, we all would be just praise the Lord when those steps take place. So thank you. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for this time tonight, and thank you for what your word says and what it makes clear. And I just pray that you'd move our hearts to do the right thing, Help us to live in obedience to you. Uh, it's not an obedience here when we consider this subject matter that is one of just uh, checking off a few more things in the box of, of my religion. That's not at all what it's about. It's, it's so much about showing everyone who we belong to and what we want to do with our life. And pr I pray, God, that you'd help us. As for those of us that are members of this church, to be committed members and to look at one another in the, the right way and to cling to one another in love and to edify in all the things you want us to do as a church. And we pray that we'd be faithful to you always. In Jesus' name, amen.